Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week, we will be talking about the original unaired pilot episode. But first, Chuck, what's going on in the world of the monkeys? Well, last podcast, we were speculating that 7A Records was going to be putting out a reissue of Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Heart. And of course, I think it was the day before that podcast actually released. They announced that they are, in fact, <laughs> doing a reissue of Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Heart. Um, so the, the announcement here says 7A Records is proud to announce one of our biggest releases to date, the release of Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Heart's original studio and live albums. We have tracked down the original master tapes and remastered both albums. Released on July 8th as Deluxe 2 CD and 2 LP sets, the CD version will include a massive 40-page color booklet featuring extensive liner notes and previously unseen photos. The 2 LP version comes in a gatefold sleeve and is pressed on special 180-gram green, black, and yellow quad vinyl. And then there's pre-order links. Cool. So yeah, our, our wish came true. We put it out there and <laughs> it happened. We did. <laughs> now I know that, um, and the hits just keep on coming. It's doing well. I think it sold out on deep discount and they've had to like reship stock to them. So that's a good yes. sign. Yeah. And then here, just in a few days from when we're recording this, uh, the reissue of Tantamount to Treason will be coming out. So uh, Seven Days on Fire, they've got last month they had and the hits just keep on coming. This month, they've got the Tantamount to Treason. And then next month, Dolan's Jones, Boyce and Hart. So hopefully we'll see Demoiselle soon. That'd be amazing. That could be their August release because yeah, they seem be. to be doing one every month so yeah, it seems to be I, yeah. I mean I, I love it i don't want to complain about it but like guys give me a chance to catch up i gotta get paid <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this awesome pressed vinyl is awesome but also awesomely pricey mm-hmm. oh totally worth it but still yes <laughs> no because we were at mckay's on sunday up in chattanooga and even used vinyl for some of these groups was going for like 40 and 50 dollars and i was like oh, going, i remember back of course 30 years ago you could <laughs> buy the same record for like two or three bucks at the <laughs> so it's crazy how much yeah vinyl <laughs> i think that's largely because vinyl is coming back yeah. um, um it's popular again um but also i'm pretty sure one dollar 30 years ago is like five dollars five <laughs> or six dollars now <laughs> Probably. So, yeah. six times more expensive so yeah. two times six really that should be 12 but you know yeah inflation <laughs> well, and that's all i had for the news now elaine you mentioned that the fab four uh is going to be on the on the cruise on the, on the flower power cruise yes wow yeah so we're gonna be, be they must have heard we were going yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like these guys are big fans they're following us around let's yeah. let's let's yeah. get on their cruise where they're gonna renew their vows <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i'm looking forward to that yeah did you have exciting. any news Veronica? no 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 <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not as cool as you guys i'm not up on what's no. happening in the world of the monkeys <laughs> that's why i have you two <laughs> So this week, we will be talking about the original unaired pilot episode, which later became the 10th episode. And we have a special guest this week, Keith Johnson. Groovy kids. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Keith. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so Keith, kind of uh, tell us how you got into the monkeys. I watched the monkeys in probably first reruns when I was a kid. Wow. I started wow. I started watching the monkeys. Uh, they used to show on Sunday mornings in Fort Worth, Texas. And I used to watch them before I went to church. And <laughs> this was probably in 1971. Wow. So well, they were yeah. incredibly fresh. And for those of a certain age, there was the psychedelia and the kind of weirdness and wackiness of the monkeys. That was... <laughs> That was what was going on at the time, because yeah. one thing that doesn't escape me, they're kind of in a little theme park. And I used to watch a show called The Banana Splits, which mm -hmm. also yep. did it was in a theme park. And when I grew up watching silent movies, wasn't all that uncommon. So I had grown up with the likes of Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd, 
of course, mm. the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Later on, a show I don't like, but had some of that same quick motion, Benny Hill. Mm-hmm. So it was all kind of a thing. And so everybody watched the monkeys back in the day. Everybody knew the songs. Everybody watched the show. And it was just that banana splits and Sigmund and the sea monster and laughing and <laughs> everything was trippy and psychedelic back then. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Do you have a favorite monkey song? Um, gosh, the cheer up sleepy gene. Is that yep. Daydream, uh, Daydream day, Believer? Daydream Believer, right? Because yep. that thing when I was a kid got so much airplay. It was like a, what is it, earwig? It was like an earwig. So <laughs> right. that was, I heard that all the time. And again, for somebody for a certain age, what you also heard back then kind of similarly was a song, Sugar, Sugar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some yep. Called Archies. Yep. And they also remind yep. me of each other and the Partridge family. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, after the monkeys ended, you had that, like the Archies, like you said, yep. the, the Partridge family, mm-hmm. the banana splits. Yep. They're all trying to fill that void. Uh, right. now, yep. I think Kellogg, you know, Kellogg's was the sponsor of the monkeys. I think they were also the sponsor of the banana splits. And Don Kirshner, who would work on the monkeys from the, doing the music, went over and did the, the Archies instead. Like there's a direct lineage between those shows because, you know, the monkeys sort of left a, a vacuum there and everybody's mm-hmm. rushing to fill it. That's a good point. And I have forgotten that they were Kellogg's. Uh... Kellogg sponsored them until I saw the commercial that they did. They were just kind of sitting in a little bag and kept doing a little cereal box like this. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into talking about the original unaired pilot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what did you guys think of this first ever recorded and shown to anyone episode of The Monkees? I think it's cute. Famously, they had originally shown this and it didn't test very well. So they because recut it. they were it. showing it to housewives. Well, it's a test audience, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. So they, they recut it and they added the screen tests, a couple of the screen tests on the front. And then it tested much better because you got a little chance to get to know who these guys are. Yeah. The screen test was really wild, especially Mike, Mike Nesmith. Yep. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he was doing a really weird thing where every time they ask a question, he would kind of push back and they say, you want to do this? Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to do this. And then he gets up and starts going through those drawers. And it might, nobody's ever gone through the drawers. Well, somebody did because there's something in there. So, Right. <laughs> the, the bit I like is he, he's pretty quick. Yes. And that's sort of the thing they're gauging is how spontaneous he could be. Right. But, you know, they, they he said, you want me to be strong and silent? And they're like, sure. And I'll be a girl. That's the same thing. That's your, that's your hang up, man. <laughs> Oh, girls can be strong and silent. Yeah. You know, when I had watched the pilot with on the Blu ray with the commentary, what well, Mike did a commentary with it, he talked about that screen test and he said he was just very nervous. Like he did not really know what to do. And that's one reason why he goes up to the p- picture and pretends it's a mirror because he's like trying to compose himself and get ready to turn around and get whatever is coming to him because he mm-hmm. was really, really nervous and had no idea yeah. what was going to happen. So that was a lot of that was nervousness. He was just going mm-hmm. off the rails because he was nervous. Yeah. It's interesting to watch all of them. We we found a long thing on YouTube that has a bunch of the screen tests and then it has some test footage of various you know guys who are sort of the final candidates to be the monkeys. And it's interesting to watch each of them going through it. I mean, I think, I think Peter was probably the least comfortable yeah. doing this because he had mm-hmm. the least screen. I mean, you know, Davey had been performing on, on television and on stage since he was a kid. Mickey had been on television since he was a kid. You could really, Peter really clings to that guitar, you know, like he's a lot more comfortable with his guitar than he is, you know, improving. you know, and yeah. that, I think that comes through in the screen test too. Yeah. I, I remember there was someone, I don't remember where I read it. It was probably in Andrew's book. Uh, about how he was doing a um, Harpo Marx bit mm. where he was silent and just being goofy and playing his instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's Harpo Marx, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it, but it works. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting to me to watch the different permutations of guys that could have been the monkeys. Right. You know? I mean, and I know I'm biased because I like the monkeys already, but to me, I mean, there's just a clear difference between the guys who became the monkeys and the guys who didn't. Yeah, it reminds me when you watch any any screen test for something classic so we've all probably seen some of the screen tests for star wars and you sit there and mm-hmm. you go i just don't see this person playing you know, right. luke skywalker and so forth you're right they also had a i think they had a really interesting chem- chemistry i watched another um uh, another youtube video online where they were older maybe in their mid-50s and they were talking about um the, the whole process and one mm-hmm. thing that uh davy jones said that peter torque was probably they felt in some ways he had the most difficult job, kind of to what you said earlier, because they said he had to play kind of dumb. And they said that was so much what he was not. 
And so I think right, you're right. Yeah, he was very yeah. nervous doing that. And it was it's kind of like oh, the Smothers yeah. Brothers, you know. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know that the smart, well, not the smarter, but the sharper and the more satirical Smothers Brother was the one who played dumb, which right. makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even when Peter's doing the the test footage, mm-hmm. he's still got his guitar. Like yeah. you can hear the guitar before you even see him on the screen. But right. I mean, I I love just watching the different because it's easy to say like any four guys could have right. been the monkeys, but I think these guys really brought something special to it. Because even like you watch how they each approach the same scene, the same lines, but like right. you know Mickey and Davey come in, they have that little business they're doing with the hat, yeah. and <laughs> like there's just a little extra spark to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I had realized that Davey had been on Broadway. I, I didn't know mm. that history. So he was a, he, he was yeah. the art for Dodger. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. He was he was on the same episode as the Beatles on um, Ed, Sol- Ed, Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. 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 Then they had the cast of Oliver on that same episode and Davey Jones was on there. Yep. And bef- before that, even he was on Coronation Street when he was, I don't know, 12 or 13. Oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had a, a lot of experience in front of the camera and on stage. And like I said, so did so did Mickey Dolenz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes through, too. But I was really surprised watching these just how well Mike Nesmith does throughout. Absolutely. I think I mean, I think he's got just a natural chemistry to him. I know he'd probably done stage acting and things like growing up, but. I, I mean, he didn't have the the, the camera experience mm-hmm. that you guys had. Uh, they no. also didn't know that what they were getting into with Mike Nesmith. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like they That's even true. straight out asked him, "Do you have any? Um, like, are you full of yourself, basically? Ego, ego. I, I think they, they said something about oh, ego. Ego, ego. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it. he's yeah. like, yeah, oh yeah, I have a lot of ego. He, <laughs> he was not lying. Yeah. yeah, he was not joking, and they yeah. thought he was, but they later yeah. realized that. He, uh, that that's hilarious to me. He kind of, sort of reminded me, in some ways, of Bill Murray, who mm. can be funny but has a real dry sense of humor, and sometimes you really can't tell if he's looking mm-hmm. at you with contempt or not. Yeah, yeah, right. The way he was cut off with the ego thing, and I love when they would ask the question, he go, "Hey, man, that's your bag. That's not my bag." And yeah, <laughs> a term I also love. I wish they could bring that right. <laughs> okay, well, seriously, what is a bag? It's like what you're into. Like, what's your thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, that's yeah. my bag. You know, that's my bag. Yeah. Okay. But of course, you know your so, hang up is your problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I mean, that's a good way to approach to an interview. That just mm-hmm. be overly confident. You know, yeah. because if you especially if you know that you're nervous right. and you don't want to show that you're nervous, you know, just go the other way with it. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he did say in the commentary that he had done some stage work, but mm-hmm. filming was different because you mm-hmm. have to keep your marks in the camera. And so that kind of threw him off a little bit. But he also said he liked the episodes more in the beginning mm. versus the older ones where he kind of got his footing and stuff because he feels like he lost some of the like nativity part of it. Like he got a little too comfortable with it. Mm. He feels what like when he rewatches some of them. So he he was a little nervous about all of it. But yeah. he didn't let that show at all. <laughs> it's interesting that when you I mean we get moving into the actual episode, how, how much he's featured. Compared oh, to yeah. say Mickey, I mean Mickey. I don't think I don't think Mickey's even named in the episode on screen, mm-hmm. and you know. But mm-hmm. it seems like Davy and uh, Mike are the ones you see the most of, and that's probably why they put their screen tests on at the beginning. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Mike was called Wool Hat <laughs> right at the yeah. beginning of the <laughs> test pilot, which they didn't use. Yeah, good. Yeah, he deserves a name. Yes, yeah. he yeah. was. I knew he was. I know. Remember reading, he was very unhappy about that name and he did not want to use it <laughs> no, he no, just wore he that wool out of the interview and <laughs> <laughs> just like they loved it yeah <laughs> yeah he's always sewed up in a suit or something i thought i was struck because i have never seen that one before this unaired uh pilot okay i've never seen it before and i was struck by how different it is from the series as the series mm-hmm. became one thing it was not as weirdly wacky as the series became Oh yeah, there was a lot less almost uh you know the the speed up camera and almost the the, the, the like the inserting of the little fantasy elements uh they didn't spontaneously sing as much in a lot of ways it was a lot yeah. more straight it was almost more dick van dyke than what it later on became yeah so that threw me yeah it's sort of growing out of those early 60s sitcoms yes mm-hmm. where i mean and uh, watching the the screen test when you see what when you watch two of the other guys doing it and that could have been a 1964 sitcom right mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah oh, with the, with the set for the farmer's daughter the one That's mike true. was on with the yeah. set of the farmer's daughters so. That's true. <laughs> 
Yeah. But it, and, and the plot was more mundane. They don't get captured by pirates or chased <laughs> by Dracula or anything <laughs> right. like that. Abducted by space aliens. You know, they're um, it's a pretty standard monkeys plot. Yeah. Um, you know, with, you know a, a girl falls in love with Davy and, <laughs> and, and you get a history lesson. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it really could have been one of those uh, Gidget movies from back in the day yes. around the same yeah. time. Yeah. Because the girl mm-hmm. reminded me of a young Gidget and and the little mm-hmm. the little the thing that became a thing with Davy where he'd see a woman, they put the little the stars in her eyes. You know, like that was <laughs> that was kind of funny, I thought. And the music was completely different. I mean, I have I again mm-hmm. growing up, I have my exact vision of the when they're singing, hey, we're the monkeys, and they're putting the wrong mm-hmm. name, Peter's name in front of everybody. And yeah. I was looking mm-hmm. for that and it wasn't there. And the and the the beat, the rhythm of the music was a little slower mm-hmm. and this one than I was used to. So very different. And this version, it's not even the monkeys singing. It's the temporary tracks that Boyce and Hart had done. Oh. So it's that's why one reason it sounds so different okay. is because it's Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart singing the songs. Well, to be fair, they ended up being the backup vocals True. to ev- basically everything. Yeah, but I mean, putting Mickey's voice on it makes a big difference. Yes. It or, does. Putting, or putting Davey on I Want to Be Free. Right. Yeah. Or, and then speeding it up some because the, on the unaired pilot, it was so slow yeah. and like, depressing mm-hmm. almost like it was almost like a funeral dirge. <laughs> that's true like, oh this is not no 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 you know i do like some of the scenes they cut together for that like when they're like um mike's uh cruising down the road on his um skateboard and grabs gets handed the newspaper and mickey's coming around with his all his drum kits trying to carry them and they crash into each other and fall yeah, down. Yeah. And then Peter just pops up and goes, Hey guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a cute sequence. I mean, they're, you know, the, they had the format. They, it wasn't refined yet, but you know, they were definitely heading in that direction. And, you know, we talked a lot about the monkeys theme on, you know, our, our, when we discussed the first monkeys album, but also I want to be free. And uh, there was a real interesting version of, I want to be free on this. That just sounds totally different to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we get two versions of that, and then let's dance on, which is, uh, I mean, really, they use "I want to be free" twice, I think, yep. and then so it's the, the theme. Uh, I want to be free, and let's dance on. Yeah, I really like the sequence where they're sort of breaking into the the little, little madcap adventures when they break into the um, uh, the country club, and it's like a silent movie. The yeah. music, right? You know, yeah, like that that tinkly. Uh, piano instead of uh, what you'd expect in a monkey's drop would be the monkey's theme, but they have the yeah. little silent movie looking intertitles that come I up. love yes. those. I yeah. love those so much. I wish they had kept those. <laughs> yeah, again, that reminds me so much because I grew up watching those guys, Buster Keaton and Buster Crab, and and mm-hmm. there's so many elements of Three Stooges. I mean, there, there's so much in there, or, or even or even Looney Tunes cartoons that which we'll see later mm-hmm. on. Or to get smart, you know, the thing where somebody runs into a room and somehow they end, the guy that's chasing you ends up in front of you, that kind of thing. You can, <laughs> right. you can see some of those elements coming in to that. I, I yeah. thought that was pretty nice. I thought it was weird in some ways too. It also, again, I, I think you make a very good point, Charles, when you say that they were, it was obviously changed because even the people in the crowd, there was so much of a thing about the generation gap. I mean, there was just, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen so many movies from the sixties, like that. everybody had on the suit and tie. They were uptight. Mm-hmm. The security guard even tells that the girl's father that he sold out when he says he's going to let the <laughs> well, it's kind of, He's acting like he's betrayed his country yes. instead of a country club. He betrayed yeah. your country club, yeah. sir. <laughs> right. That was pretty funny. Yeah. What was um, really interesting to me was uh, the opening from this unaired pilot mm-hmm. where they have the crowd gathering with the news reporter and talking to him about these people being attacked in the street. And then um, uh, up come the monkeys everyone beating up on Davy, which I will get to <laughs> later because I feel like that comes back around at the end. Um, but that was, that was supposed to be a whole bit of, of, of the lady with the road crossing. And this guy was using her to escape and Davy was using her to escape and he had used her to mm-hmm. escape earlier. And so that was supposed to be a whole bit, which I felt like they completely lost in even this unaired pilot. So I understand why they moved it when they did air the episode. But oh, uh, I didn't know that. I would have. I would have yeah. liked to see that. Yeah, I think the the one with uh, was it Doctor Turner. Yeah, yeah. That's why she charges him because people keep using her as like a recurring gag to cross the street, and then she starts charging money for it. Yeah, uh, and you don't but, get that. Oh. No, but yeah. Okay. But when they recut it and they added the screen test on the front, they had to some things had to go. But I, I, that's not the the A material in this thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Is no. the Doctor Turner stuff? You're like no one's watching this for Doctor Turner and the old lady, okay. you know. But what blows my you you mentioned the generation gap. And Richard St. John, who mm-hmm. played Mr. Turner, the dad, mm-hmm. 
I mean, he was born in 1918. Wow. So what would he be like? Not I even looked 50? It up. Like 48? No, I, looked, I looked it up because I was curious. He was 47 years old right. when they filmed this. Wow. June Whitley Taylor, who played Mrs. Russell, was 44 years mm. old. <laughs> and then Bean Russell, who played the manager, uh, Rudy? the guy, the right, Rudy. Yeah. Who is Kurt Russell's father, by the way? Yes. He was 39 years old. Oh my gosh. I only I only looked this up because I'm like, okay, I'll be 48 and they they look so much older than yeah, me. But like they're 47 man. and 44. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't look that old. I don't think. No. You know, so <laughs> wow. Really that's really what I was thinking. Crazy. Because, yeah, you, you watch these shows that were made back then and you feel like he's like the old guy in a sweater. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Actually, my daughter's turning 16 this year. Like <laughs> that guy would be like my age. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a few years older than me, but pretty close. Yeah, I would have I would have put her father at 62. And right. I would have and no. I would have looked back. But again, yeah, a lot of times people but a lot of times people they just looked older. You're right. Uh yeah. I didn't know they were that young. So I'm older than anybody <laughs> that you just named by far. <laughs> right. Well, and you imagine too anybody who's just sitting around their house in a tie has got to be pretty old, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. At 1 a.m. Right. playing cards I, with your wife. That kills me. Why? I mean, one, they're up at 1 a.m. And two, they weren't too terribly upset. That she no. didn't come in until well, it's one a.m. Don't you have a test tomorrow? That's their biggest worry. Yeah. <laughs> With her coming in at one a.m. I thought that too. I'm like, no. Well, they're I, right though. She did fail that test. Yeah, well, she did. She did. <laughs> and I'm very um, glad that they were very worried about that because that was not a thing for females to be worried about. I know. Well, and she was 16 when they filmed the episode. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember Matt was watching it with me, and he was kind of like, "Wait a minute, how old is Davy? She's just turning 16." <laughs> I said. Well, he was 19 when they filmed it, and she was 16, so three years difference, and it is back in the 60s, so it's probably a little bit more acceptable than people yeah. would. Well, and the the ages of the know. monkeys are a little bit nebulous. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're, they're sort know, of late. They're sort of teen, late teen. They're old enough to not be at school and right. to be out on their own, but not yeah. adult adults. Exactly. You know? yeah, right, right, yeah. And that's one thing too. I mean, in this episode, you have Rudy the manager, and they quickly drop Rudy the manager. Mm-hmm. And then sort of Mike sort of becomes the the father figure to me. So of the group. It's, it's been a minute since oh, yeah. I've watched the episode 10. Is Rudy even in episode 10 at all? Uh, um, the, one, the one that got aired? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 The, 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 not a whole lot changed from the unaired pilot mm-hmm. to what they actually showed. Really what changed was like the theme song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and all the then, songs. Yeah. Yeah. And all the, all the songs. Um, and then the let dance on part i think they filmed some of that a little differently mm-hmm. but like the themes at the beginning of the end they even had the the doctor dr taylor the, or turner dr taylor yeah turner yeah they, yeah they even had that little bit being you know that little that's how the episode started yeah and then some of the the dance like the singing stuff they had to reshoot mm-hmm. because um they were singing it now and yeah. things right. that didn't line up you have to just reshoot it right yeah and it's like a year later when they filmed that yeah, I, I think it's it's a fun episode, and I, I I think they made the right choices going into it in the casting, and I think they made the right choices coming out of it too, because the the way they the ways they tweak the show. Now, one thing mm-hmm. that I do wish they would keep was I love that Woody they were driving around in. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, they, <laughs> in the show, they had this like fantasy monkey mobile. This like like you know, it, it's on par with like the Batmobile. You know, yeah. like why would these guys have this? You know. <laughs> Where the 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 Woody they're driving around in looks like something that a group of young musicians would be riding around town Absolutely. in, and it was right. It was bright yellow and red. So. Yeah. yeah, I want one. See, yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. The other thing I noticed compared to this episode to all the other episodes was mm-hmm. how dark it was. Like it mm-hmm. was not well lit. Like right. when they were in the country club, there were a lot of shadows and stuff. And I'm used to everything being open and bright on all their other episodes right. mm-hmm. so that's something How, i mean because i know it was like the del rey um the corn the coronado yeah the coronado in del rey okay. um where they filmed it and basically the entirety of that episode was filmed there including the outside of vanessa's house mm. that was that was apparently like a bungalow or something that you could rent like a hotel um interesting yeah, it's a big place. I have actually been by the Hotel Del Coronado oh. when I was 12, right around the monkey hysteria. But I didn't know they filmed there else. I would have made my mother stop and we would have gone in. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 
but yeah, because when I read that, I was like, I've been there. I know the building they're talking about. But yeah, <laughs> so. Well, it was also shot by Mike Elliott, who was not before or after this a TV director. I mean, he did commercials. And right. I think his company had a deal with Screen Gems where they would shoot commercials for them. And I don't know, somehow they gave him the, the job of shooting the pilot, but they didn't keep him. Mm. Um, so I think a, a, a lot of sort of the improvement in the quality of the look of the show um, came out of, you know, just getting more experienced directors. But also, I mean, I mean, it's hard for me to tell because we're, you know, we're watching a, a version of the pilot that's probably not in as pristine quality as a later episodes would be, you know? Yeah. So what do we what do we think of the plot? As a monkey's plot. I mean, it seems like a standard monkey's plot. No, I, I was okay with the plot. It's a very simple plot. Yeah. yeah. You know, boy meets girl. They fall mm-hmm. in love. They, you know, yeah. they sing at her party. She starts dancing with another guy and he's really groovy. So she forgets about this guy. And then, you know, the <laughs> other girl, they lock eyes. I mean, it was very yeah. simple, but I don't necessarily want complicated when it comes to the monkeys because that's not what it's about. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it was it was much more pedestrian plot than I'm used to because uh, after that I I just kind of kept watching monkey stuff, and so okay. <laughs> yeah. I watched one called I think it was the spy who came in from the cool, right? Yes. Which yeah. ironically stars Arlene Martell as yes. the bad agent uh, to prank on Star Trek, <laughs> and then right. I watched yeah. another one where they went to Mexico and for some reason got caught up with some bandoleros. I mean, much <laughs> much more surreal and much more what I was used to. Yeah, you know, just like you said, yeah. just, just really weird stuff. And then yeah, and then yeah. and then in other episodes they started doing the stuff that makes no sense what I was used to. Like they go to this Mexican town and they get captured by a bandolero, and in two seconds Davy falls in love with the girlfriend of El Diablo. And then there's a whole scene where they got to fight El Diablo. And out of nowhere and completely inexplicably, they're wearing um, like Mexican bandito costumes and just, you know, that kind of thing. Like, what? what? Right. It's just out of yeah. nowhere. Bam. There they go. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and it's, it's, yeah, it sort of became more and more fantastical yeah. and trippier as the show went on. I mean, by the end, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, definitely a very trippy, surreal show. But it's interesting that how it starts off with, you know, like a, a standard, uh, like a sitcom plot. Yeah. You know, they fell in love. She's going to fail her test. They have to sneak her out and help her pass. Mm-hmm. And, and so they can get the gig, you know, which uh, what, what what was it? Like 150 bucks they were going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's good money now. 1965. This was shot. I mean, th- that's over a thousand bucks today. That's yeah. That's I- I'd be sneaking her out and helping her pass her test, too. <laughs> 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 of course, that wouldn't even pay the rent. So, hey, yeah. it's for, for one gig, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. They did have some of the elements that I got used to later, like when they um were their heads sticking up out of the sand when they were singing, when they were mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to teach yeah. her. And then uh, Mike dresses up like Abraham Lincoln. And then they do the Alexander Hamilton duel. So, yeah, mm-hmm. some of the other elements that I was used to were, were coming out in there. But yeah, it reminds me, I, I don't know if you guys did, but given that I was born way back then, I grew up watching all the beach movies, the Frankie mm-hmm. and uh, the Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon movies. And if you remember, right. I've seen those. Yeah. Yes. And if you remember those, they got weirder as time yes. went on too. There was one about the girl with <laughs> yes. the invisible bikini. There was, uh, <laughs> was it, was it Phil Silver who looked like he's about 60, the guy leading the bike, the motorbike gang that used to hang out in the beach. Oh, for, remember they used to wear black leather. I forgot about him. Yeah. I forgot about him. For no good yes. reason. There was always a, there was a biker gang. And so yes. some of those elements reminded me of that. It kind of reminded me of, of Gidget and some of those beach movies. And then later on, you're right. It became much more fantastical. Then it reminded me much more like Benny Hill, Sigmund and the Sea Monster, uh, Monty Python. Some of Monty Python's crazy <laughs> elements, same thing. Reminded mm. me of. Yeah. From the time that, you know, mid 60s, early, early to mid 60s, that sort of stuff had started coming in in the films. Yeah. When they submitted the script for this, the cover page actually addressed that and saying that this is not going to be you know, shot and cut like a standard sitcom would be. It's going to be more like this, um, you know, fast cutting, mm-hmm. um, surreal sort of, you know, new wave cinema yeah. kind of approach that has become popular in films. And they're doing that sort of thing in the Beatles movies as well, but wasn't big on television yet. Right. And, you know, the monkeys were sort of on the, on the cutting edge of that, of doing that sort of, you know, bringing those film elements in. And, you know, like there's a, a scene in this where, it cuts to Davy and he says, I don't want to see you anymore. And then it, mm. that's not even part of the conversation. It cuts back to her and she's like, hi, Davy, or whatever. And he's like, I'll see you later. Yeah. You know, it's, it, but it's, it's interesting the way they do that. 
Um, because like that wasn't popular on television. This is sort of like the halfway point between like the you know, leave it to beaver kind of sitcoms and then the stuff that would come along in the 70s, you know, oh, yeah. that was a little more surreal and interesting, I think. Hence, yeah. hence the thing about the guys wearing suits uh, and the you know, the, the husband and wife dressed up at midnight, one in the morning, and mm-hmm. even the people at the party, even when they're swinging out, even even some of the younger people, they're still wearing straight up suits and ties. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're yeah. seeing that transition. One thing I thought was funny, yeah. and I didn't realize this, but of course it absolutely made sense. As soon as I'm watching this, and I hadn't thought about this as a kid, is um, I just for the first time saw A Hard Day's Night only a year ago. I'd never seen it okay. before. So of course I'm watching this and I'm going, oh, this really reminds me of A Hard Day's Night. And then I watch, yeah. 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 And then I watch another video where Davey says, "That's what they said. They're like, we want to do something kind of like the Beatles, Hard Day's Night for American television." So yep. you can see all the elements there, just kind of this yeah. almost um, as if they're just um, just doing stuff on the fly, like I said the way Mike, mm-hmm. especially and and Mickey, Mickey later on. Also, I thought yeah. I think y'all mentioned a good point about Mickey. It's so funny, Mickey's role changed so much later on. He become mm. much zanier mm-hmm. and wackier and. Much more oh, yeah. of a look at me, look at me, here I am kind of guy than when he was in this. Yeah. One. From what? my understanding, that's kind of how he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think everything is played a little straighter in this yeah. Yeah. than it would mm-hmm. than it would be later. Absolutely. You know, yes. they were still sort of finding the show, I think. But I mean, there's a version of this they could have done where it's just a straight sitcom about right. a band and they they want to get a gig. The girl fails the test. They sneak around. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, without bringing in the, the the little weird elements that they bring in. Yeah. That you know, the, and they did that more and more as the show went on. Yeah, um, they wouldn't have had him playing poker as as Wyatt opened back right. Masterson <laughs> and a chandelier, a chandelier. What's a chandelier? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really, really feel like that was improvised because Mickey seems genuinely like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, but okay. So for the that's the take they used. Okay, it didn't. It, I'm sure that wasn't improvised, but I'm actor. sure at one point, <laughs> it's. I don't know because that 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 just seems like more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how much. I want to know how much of the episode is improv and how much is, um, actual script because mm. I've heard there was, a fair amount of improv that they ended up keeping in there. Oh yeah, and they would teach the guys that they 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 put them through improv class mm. and yeah. um like James Frawley came out of Second City in Chicago. Oh. He was like a master of doing that kind of improv and Wonder. stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because James Frawley went on to direct the Muppet movie, which you know after he he oh, was like the primary director of the Monkeys TV show, and they they hired him to do the Muppet, the Muppet movie. I think, and I don't know if it's because of the Monkeys, but I think that maybe. Yeah, apparently they had the idea for the show going back to the early 60s. But mm-hmm. once A Hard Day's Night came out and all of a sudden, just like anything in Hollywood, and it's still that way to this day, something yeah. makes it big. And then everyone wants to jump on board. Right. And there's right. actually like, like several bands that tried to cash in and do movies like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. We were just recently watching the first Herman's Hermits movie, which oh, yeah. it's pretty good. It's cute. But I mean, of the group. Only, only Herman can. Yeah, act. Peter Noon is the only one who's <laughs> yeah. charismatic, and you know, the, it's just her, it, like Herman, played by Peter Noon, and the other guys. You know, like yeah. they don't have the chemistry on screen like the monkeys no. have. And I didn't, I don't know any other of the hermits. All I know is Peter Noon. That's all I've ever known. <laughs> That's yes. That says something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I mean, they like Dave Hart Five did one, and several bands did those kind of movies that just didn't take off because, yeah, I don't know, it, it's a different skill set, you know. Yeah. So I think they were smart by not hiring a band to do the monkeys yeah. by casting these guys and making sure they had a group of guys that had chemistry in front of the camera. Yeah, like I know, I know almost all of the guys have said at one point or another, this wouldn't have worked if if they had a actual if they had cast a band to mm-hmm. come play these parts. It would right. not have worked yeah. at it, all. It would have been more like some of those lesser screen tests that we saw, right. yep. you know, where the, there's just no spark. There's no chemistry, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I know Bill Chadwick was one of those guys and Bill Chadwick stayed involved and did a lot of background vocals and things like that for the monkeys. And he's still around to this day. Mm-hmm. And this sounds stupid to say, because I know the monkeys, but from watching it, if you try to look at it objectively, I think you can see why they cast the guys that they cast. They yeah. Made the right decisions. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was absolutely. blown away by seeing the name of Paul Mazursky associated with. Mm-hmm. I again, I know nothing about the monkeys other than the fact I watched the show, and I'm like, yeah. I'm looking, I rewound, like, wait, Paul, Paul, that Paul Mazursky, that guy, <laughs> wow, right. that's no joke. I mean, 
what do you know him from? I know him as a director of a lot of stuff. Um, he did um, y'all familiar with the movie Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice? Yeah, I am. He directed that. He directed. Um, gosh, what was another one? Uh, I should know. Oh, an unmarried woman, which is another classic. Okay. So, um, and he was nominated for um, Oscars. Uh, Down and Out in Beverly yep. Hills, right? Was that him also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm. I mean, I hate to say it like this. This is like this is a big time guy. <laughs> I yeah. guess I didn't realize <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think he did a good job. I think the yeah. for I think they, they delivered what he was supposed to deliver. Yeah. You know, like the, right. like this isn't a, a, a life changing episode to watch mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it sets up the premise nicely. It gives the monkeys, you know, there's a little bit of romance. There's some running around. Yeah. There's some, you know, obstacles to overcome and that sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's the youth and the older culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But also it's it's not really avid, you know, um adversarial between mm-hmm. them because by the end mm-hmm. the the older people embrace them. You know what I mean? They yeah. they sort of prove right. themselves over the course of the episode by doing the right thing and helping her pass it. They're not just a bunch of delinquents, you know, they yeah. help her pass her test mm-hmm. and they sort of get the rewarded by they let them, you know, replace uh the Swedish rhythm kings. What what is yes, that? I was gonna say Sven Hellstrom <laughs> and the Swedish rhythm king. Right. <laughs> which, which Mrs. Russell thought yeah. was such sad music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was that, that that band, that was some of the surreal stuff that would become popular later when he just he just goes up there and just says something nonsensical that Norway had declared war on Sweden. <laughs> right. What? They'll have to report to their embassy. <laughs> like, that makes so they no, go marching off. Yeah, that makes no sense, but of course it shouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Good night, sweetheart. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought it was funny when they were you were saying earlier when they said they were going to pay them and they told he told them that it was going to be for Sweet Sixteen, which I don't know how common and they were like. Ugh. Yeah, I don't even know if that's done much in America anymore. I mean, Kentietta is done for uh, Latin people, but I don't know if Sweet Sixteen it depends mm-hmm. on your class level. Yes, I feel like the upper class still do that. Really? Yes, I didn't know that. There, there was an MTV series called By Super Sweet Sixteen. Yep. Wow, I didn't know that was still a thing. Wow. I, I'm, I'm not part of that class, but I am aware of that. <laughs> yeah. I said, my daughter is turning 16 this fall, uh, and I'm not going to be paying 1200 bucks to hire a band <laughs> to come play for her. Yeah. Or to have her ride in on a uh, elephant. An elephant? Yeah. Yes, there yes, was an episode where someone had them wanted a, to oh. ride in on an elephant. Wow. You're confusing me with the the elephant Sorry. boy thing. Oh. <laughs> I was like, elephant? I don't a circus that. boy and an elephant. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no. yeah. I, I did want to make a comment about the outfit they were wearing when they were singing their little furry vest yes. and everything. Yeah. My lovely 12-year-old son was in the living room briefly while I was watching it, and he was like, they look like Han Solo. I said, well, <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. And then he turned around and walked off. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is before they had the little Western shirts, the famous Western right. shirts with the buttons. Yeah. Yeah. That they're so known yeah. for. I, I I do think I like the Western shirts better than the than the yellow shirts with the vests. Yeah. 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 He also said he wanted to be, he thought Mike was cool because he was riding around on that skateboard. And he wanted to be Mike. When well, look, was it a motorized skateboard? I want to ride. Yeah, it was just a motorized skateboard. And he's like, that's yeah. cool. I want to be like that. I want to be like Mike. From I'm the like, 60s, be like yeah. Mike. I have no problem. <laughs> yeah. From this, there was a lot of things, again, growing up in that time, there's a lot of things that I do miss. Like, um, fat, there's certain things like the fashion. I mean, there's, I kind of like mm-hmm. bell bottom pants. I like the, I like the boots that men wore, the little the kind of short boots. I like yeah. the, I don't have them, but I kind of like the sideburns that were popular. So there's a lot about that look that I like. And so yeah. it was very nostalgic for me watching all that. Very nostalgic. We're real big on that sort of mid-century style mm-hmm. in part because so much of it has color to it. Yes. And like today, stuff just doesn't have color anymore. Like yeah. We're shopping for furniture, like for appliances mm-hmm. and everything. Your options are black or stainless steel. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, and every device looks like your phone in different sizes. Mm-hmm. Your monitor for your computer, your TV—it's all just the same thing. Your fridge looks like your computer, right? right. Yes. Whereas <laughs> back then, everything was sort of there's a flair to everything and and mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. to everything that is—I mean, it, it makes it fun to go back and watch these old shows, especially um, when they remaster them and the colors really just pop mm-hmm. out at right. you. Mm-hmm. So, from what you guys were saying, who who on who on that group were actual real quote unquote real musicians when they were first put together all of them yeah they're all musicians 
to some one degree or another. Like Davy didn't play instruments, yeah, I don't think, but he Davey. but he did sing on Broadway. Okay, you yeah. know. Right. Whereas and and Mickey had played guitar since he was a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and but he'd he, been in a couple of bands. Yeah, he was in some bands playing rhythm guitar and things, but he wasn't like a musician on the level that he's like selling um, albums. Yeah, like he had a couple of singles he'd recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also you know post Beatles. Every teenager's in a band. Yeah. yeah. I think my right. dad was in a band. You know? <laughs> but Peter was a very talented multi-instrumentalist. Mm. He played a number of instruments and yeah. he he was sort of coming out of that um he came out of like Greenwich Village. Yeah, that, that Greenwich Village folk yeah. scene. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that he'd been up there before he came out to California. And then uh-huh. Mike had come out of uh Texas. Texas right. And yeah, and he was a singer-songwriter and he had a few singles um as Michael Blessing that he had been recording. Got it. Um so they they all had some degree of musical talent. Um but obviously um I would say the most for for Michael and Peter. Mm-hmm. But right. then the on the other side, I mean Mickey and Davey had the most acting experience. Yeah. So I think the idea was you put all these guys together in a group and they each have different skills, you know. They'll, they'll balance each other right. out. Yeah, because yeah. like, like I said, Mickey and Davey had both been acting since they were children, professionally. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting for Peter Tork. So he came out of the, gosh, the Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, Emmy, mm-hmm. Emmy Lou Harris kind of environment. Yeah. He, he yeah. played at the, um, oh, what's the bar that they use in Mrs. Maisel? What's oh, you're talking about the um, the red light? Is the it? Re- no, no. Gaslight. The gaslight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we, we he, saw we he, went and he saw where it the used gaslight. to be. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we visited Greenwich Village while we were there, and we we saw where the Gaslight used to be, and we saw where the Zilch store used to be when yeah. Davey had a store out there, and it still has the, like the Z handles on the doors. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, there, there's a picture of me somewhere out there in front of the <laughs> Zilch store. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I think that I mean, like most pilots, it sort of sets up the premise. Yeah, and it sort of gives you an idea of what the show can be, sort of as a starting point, and like mm. we. Keith and I talk about Star Trek a lot yeah. because we were both on Earth Station Trek. But um, and and the Star Trek pilot was the same way. Where it feels you're watching it, it feels like it's not quite finished yet. Right. You right. know, like when you go back and right. watch the cage, and this feels kind of the same way. Where it's like it's not quite the show that I know, but it's the elements. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sort of like the proof of concept for the show. Absolutely. What kind of interesting was that? Then they didn't use it as the first episode that mm-hmm. they aired. They it was episode ten. So mm-hmm. I would imagine if I had been watching it in real time, like every week oh cool cool and then all of a sudden there's this pilot episode and i'm like this does not look yeah and not only that like when they recorded it, it was like 67 when they recorded it was late 67 no. and it was early 65 when they, when they filmed 65 it. when they filmed yeah, it, it and then yeah. oh then 60 then early 67 when they released it so i mean just the styles like um vanessa's right. hairstyle it it was it was big in the late in late sixty five, but by the time early yeah. sixty seven rolled around, that was not the hairstyle anymore, and it was old fashioned. Even the monkeys had like Mickey's hair had mm-hmm. grown out, and they had yes. straightened it, which I hate that they straightened his hair. <laughs> um, you know, and Davy's hair had grown. It just they all had different hair, and all of a sudden we take a time machine back <laughs> in the middle of a season. So yeah, I'm, it, I'm kind of weird they did that. To me. Yeah, but I mean, like Star Trek did the same thing. Like yeah. Star Trek didn't release them in filming order, so you have right. like the the second pilot came up, and the uniforms are all different, everything like that. <laughs> yeah, I, but I guess too. I mean, not everyone was watching a half hour TV show every week. You know, back then, if you if you didn't catch it live, you didn't catch it. Right. <laughs> you know, there was no recording it, so a lot of people didn't see every episode of every TV show anyway. Yeah. No, you had to wait until the the like Saturday Sunday morning reruns. Mm. What they did rerun this one because I've written down somewhere that one of the songs, uh, what song was it? That um, in the nineteen sixty seven reruns of this episode, they played Shades of Grey instead of I Want to Be Free. Oh, they would change really? the songs, and some of the Just reruns they would change the songs. Yeah, if it's a new record out, they would put songs right. in that record. Yeah, oh yeah, reruns. yeah, yeah. They, so they, they would Shades do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the the records sell the show, and the show sells the records. Right. So yeah, I thought one thing that that was funny when I was um, when I was watching there was uh, Mickey does a, a Maxwell Smart impersonation, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so there's some references from other shows, and so again, it just reminds me of the time it's in because it's it's crossing from the days of I keep saying this they're 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 bridging the days of as you're saying uh, Leave It to Beaver, My Three Sons. The Dick Van Dyke show, which is a really funny mm-hmm. show, but a certain type of show. 
and the Gidget mm-hmm. and Beach mm-hmm. movies to the times of yeah. Benny Hill and Get Smart. And for me, Laughing, I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are. Oh, yes. Sure oh, yes. Same kind of thing, the skit after skit after skit and this goofy stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Benny Hill and Monty Python. And they all started doing mm-hmm. just really strange, fantastical things. Like I can see the monkeys. There's a famous skit on Monty Python that I just love. It's called Confuse a Cat. And it makes mm. no sense at all. Basically, a, a, this person's cat is not this, this. This lady has a cat that won't move. The cat's just bored. And they said the mm-hmm. cat needs to be confused. And it literally they just show up and they just do ridiculous stuff to confuse the cat. And that's what the <laughs> monkeys remind me of later. The thing where people just disappear and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Even stuff like Scooby-Doo later on, which mm-hmm. I, I was was influenced by them. So, you know, I was thinking, yeah. Charles, even if they didn't want to do the kind of show they became, they almost would have had no choice but to become the kind of show. They yeah. yeah. Like. And that's a good point, too. Like, like 1965 mm-hmm. is sort of dead zero mm-hmm. between the early 60s and late, and late 60s. Yeah. It's like, like America was in that transition yeah. period. And like Veronica right. said, I mean, the styles of everything was changing yes. so quickly. It's amazing now. Absolutely. You look like, oh, 67, that's way before 69. Whereas like now, you know, if a song that came out in two, two, 2020 right. is like horribly dated and, right. and old fashioned, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's hard to think about that now, but back then, like everything was just moving so quickly uh, culturally. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it's, there's a huge difference between, you know, one year to the next. It's sort of bridging the gap mm-hmm. between that, that early and late 60s periods, which is pretty interesting in itself. Yeah, the producers they they went on to do the indie films afterward. Yeah, and then really brought out a lot of of indie cinema, mm-hmm. um, which the monkeys was a big you know a big part of that process for them. Yeah, but, absolutely, you're right. You can watch so many weird movies after that. I just saw Easy Rider mm-hmm. for the first time yeah. fully last year. And that's in that that's of that same time period. You're right. You can watch a movie from just mm-hmm. five years before, and you can watch Easy Rider, and it's completely different. The Graduate. Oh, yeah. The graduate is considered like this <laughs> yeah. really the graduate is right on the edge, you know, same kind of uh-huh. thing. And then later on, you just get all kinds of weird movies. Then Martin Sheen shows <laughs> up as a serial as a crazy psycho killer. And you just get all kinds <laughs> of and I've watched so many movies where you just kind of you know, because well, Easy Rider, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that in, in fully, but to say that that's a trip, it literally is a mm. trip. And there's some scenes in there. I'm like, what in the heck is going on? But it was all <laughs> that was going on at that at that time. And Elaine, you said you got that box set, the BBS yes. box set that yeah, has um, like Head and Easy Rider. and Yeah, it's a Centurion mm-hmm. collection or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it has a lot of Jack Nicholson, Nicholson, yeah. the which one? The Criterion collection? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's got a lot of like Jack Nicholson and all that. Like, I think there's five movies on it. But yeah, it does have Head. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I need to go look at it. But yeah, we have that. And so one day we will be watching. Yeah. It's just interesting. You forget that the monkeys was a, you know, a part of that journey. Right. That Rafelson, oh I'm going to mess with that now. Schneider. Bert Schneider and Bob Rafelson before they before they got to do those movies that they were they were producing the monkeys. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, it's so it was so weird because I have not watched the monkeys. Honestly, I probably haven't seen a single moment of the monkeys in 30 years, <laughs> and I ended up watching for an hour and a half. I mean, I just kept watching. <laughs> And as cliched as this sounds, there was um, there's an innocence or, or there's a and I don't like these words like innocence and pureness about, but there's no mean spirited spiritedness to this at all. It's just mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. goofy, silly fun, and you don't get a lot of that anymore. I was listening mm-hmm. to somebody the other day talk about comedians. You know, now we've got the age, and I'm not complaining about. It, you got the age of Dave Chappelle and stuff like that. And somebody was saying mm-hmm. that you don't have comedians anymore who know how to do physical comedy. Physical comedy mm-hmm. is going. Dick Van Dyke was known for falling. You know, you had oh, yeah. people who oh, used yeah. their bodies for com- com- comedy. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of fun. And I'm watching all these things. It is so goofy. And I'm sitting here going, I, I literally don't know if there's somebody was smoking weed. And I'm just laughing. <laughs> but it's just, it's okay. good fun. And it's good music. And it's stupid. And it really did take me back to the days. I do watch Laugh-In sometimes. I think Comet TV mm-hmm. wanted to show shows it. And it's just like the stupid yeah. thing where Artie Johnson's riding the tricycle. You know, or, yeah. or um, what's her name? I'm blanking on... Um, She's on uh, Frankie and what's her name with with Jane. Oh, Ru- oh, not Lily Rosie, uh, um, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin doing the mm. AT and T yes. lady. We're the phone company. Yes. We don't care. When 
Yeah. And again, Monty Python, just really silly skits that just make you laugh and they don't really mm-hmm. change the world. Again, I don't like Benny Hill. I just don't like Benny Hill, but he's of the same. <laughs> yeah. And so it really was fun. And that's what it was. I yeah. just had fun watching it. And I, I forgot the music was pretty good, too. The music was good. Yeah. 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 You should listen to some of their new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Yes. I, and Elaine, I've told these guys this several times. I honestly did not know that anybody was still following the monkeys who was younger than me or even knew about oh. them. No, you're younger than me. Trust me. You're by, by far. You're younger than me. I, I just didn't know. So it's been wild. Mm-hmm. I'm on internet and I'm, I'm watching all the shows and every single episode, I think the lowest rating I see on IMDb is a 7.4. And mm-hmm. they all get like eights. I mean, and like like this that ridiculous episode where they get caught up with the banditos. It gets like an eight point six on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. People are really loving this stuff. All right. So Chuck, do you have a you may also like for us this week? I do. Uh, we actually just went. Well, for one, we went to see Paul McCartney, and so everyone should go see Paul McCartney if you can. Yep. Or listen to Paul McCartney because yep. I, if I don't know if people listen to this podcast may not know, but Paul McCartney's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just discovered him. <laughs> but we also the same weekend we went to see a band that we really like called the Woggles. They were very much in the vein of the '60s, um, and they're a band that started off here in Atlanta. They've been around for 30 years, and so every time they come here and play, we try to go see them. And they just give a great live show. They've got some great songs, um, and I mean it's it's a show where like the the lead singer's microphone cable is long enough so he can jump out into the crowd and dance around in the crowd. And sometimes he'll go out the front door and sing on the sidewalk and come back <laughs> in like it. He's up on the bar. You know, it's, he's got people wrangling the cord because they know that he's going to yep. be jumping. Like if you're standing right there, like, usually we're standing right there. Yes. So we're prepared. Yeah. Like we may have to move in a hurry because he's going to be coming right at us. Yep. <laughs> Mighty man. You never know when he's going to come off the stage. <laughs> right. Uh, but they're a great band. They're a fun band. So if you like music in that vein, uh, check out the Woggles. I think they're uh, really great. And I think you'll like them. And, uh, you know, barring that, listen to Paul McCartney. Because yep. if you don't like that, I don't know why you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you, where can people find more of you on the Internet? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as soon as my Facebook's back up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you almost out of Facebook jail? I hope so. I send another request to get out. We'll find out. <laughs> How about you, Elaine? Um, you can find me on Facebook. And I'm also on Twitter at monkeying around and that's about it. How about us, Chuck? Feltnerdy.com. And? And Earth Station Trek, where you can also find Keith. Yes. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And we'll be talking about Star Trek. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I I have two things about the end of this episode. Okay. One, the new girl that gets stars in her eyes looks like she's about to devour Davy. Like I'm yeah. about to kill yeah. you and eat you. Yes. I yeah. don't know why they kept that look because that look was terrifying. <laughs> but then at the end, they the other monkeys see that and they start beating up Davy and they run out beating him up. And I feel like that's what was happening before that episode is they were chasing him and beating him up because he was all gaga over a girl and messing up their chances. That okay. makes sense. Are you talking about when they ran into Dr. Turner the first yes, time around? Yes, at the beginning. Okay. Yes. yes. So that makes sense. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs>